0: Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, that that song, Tanya picked up to be the the one to introduce what we're going to talk about was right on time. Are you ready now? So are we ready now? Yeah. Let's try that again. Are you ready now? Good. That's really good. You know, I was thinking, what would it be like if we really, when we woke up in the morning, said, God, use me. You know, how many, how many, is that our prayer? You know, I want to encourage us today while we're here and when we leave this place, we just say, God, use me. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. This is kind of a teaching and a preaching. And for those that are, that are new here, I'm going to apologize already because you're going to be going like this. Because I can't stand still when I'm talking. I get excited about what God's doing. here he goes, there he goes, there he goes. I need like an X to stay in this zone, you know. But uh, crossing into God's promises, the Lord really showed me a few things this week. And uh, I think this is going to be a timely message for all of us. But in order to get us going on this, i got to reel back a little bit. And I want to give you a little uh, behind the scenes to kind of set the stage. And, and some of you are familiar with the story, but I, I want to go ahead and go back and, and reminisce a little bit and bring us right on up to where we need to be, right on up to the Jordan River, all right? So we're going to start out with thinking about when Moses, God used Moses to bring the Israelite out, Israelites out of Egypt after 400 years of captive, captivity, right? God uses them to come on out. What does God do? A lot of amazing miracles, Right? opens a ray of seed they come across feeding them and and all that but God's using this time to teach them about himself and that what God does when we're walking through some of these desert times and some of these times God uses those times to show us his greatness his love his mercy so if you're in that place today Take hold and know that God is showing you things and teaching you things and strengthening you. One of the things that he was showing them he said about the Ten Commandments. He was showing them the law, how he wanted them to to operate and move. He showed them about worship and he told Moses to build the Ark of the Covenant. That's where the presence of the Lord dwelt for them at that time. Now I got a little sneak preview on that. I want to really grab hold of the Ark of the Covenant a little bit because I found some good footage on that that we could talk about that as well. But I'm going to keep moving on. We'll come back to that, okay? So what was happening is... He gets on out of Egypt, and, and God had promised him to go into the promised land, the can, So God tells Moses, say, hey, I want you to send 12 spies over, take a look around, and bring back the report. So he grabs one guy from each tribe, right? And they go over. And we know the story. Ten of them came back with fear and doubt and said, man, we can't do that. But two guys came back and said, man, God's going to deliver these guys into our hands. This is it. This is it. Because they had saw how God had been working in the past. I want to make a note there that notice, even though God was going to do the work, right? And God was working with them. He was working through them. And I want you to know that sometimes when, when God calls us to something, I want us to understand, they still have to fight for it. Do you hear what I say? They still had to contend for the faith. So we might be going through something right now and, and we just want God to go change it like that. But God's more interested in working in our hearts in a situation to bring us to an understanding of who he is. Amen. So that's what was going on. But the results of that, when they came back, the 10 guys said, hey, look, we can't do this. And they, just speaking that word, what did they do? They put fear and doubt to the rest of the people. So God says, fine, you're not going to trust me? For the next 40 years, they wandered in the desert till all those doubters died out, right? A whole generation was impacted from their doubt. Isn't that amazing? We don't think our words mean much. They don't, we don't think our actions mean a whole lot. Let me tell you, you can impact your whole neighborhood, your family, and even further, either for the good or for the bad. So what I want to do is get us charged up on the positive and go outside these walls and make a difference for Christ, all right? So as a result, they wander around for a whole generation, 40 years, till they died off. And then what starts to happen is they're getting closer and getting closer for God to make his move, all right? And Moses is is about ready to pass on. He tells, uh, God tells Moses, says, look, I want you to go ahead and we're going to set Joshua up as the next man to take over. So he gets Joshua and, and, and consecrates him. and Moses passes away. And then God comes to Joshua and says, look, now's the time to move into the promised land. Now's the time to move into the promised land. And so that's what we're looking at here. But he tells them a specific way that we're going to do this. I'm going to get Tim to get ready to crank this, uh, this clip up. And he says, I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was a chest that God instructed Moses to have built containing the Ten Commandments. And I want us to know this also. It was the most holy object in the tabernacle. This is where God would meet with Moses and give him the plan. Now he's meeting with Joshua. Go ahead, Tim. Let's roll that. I want to give you guys a good idea of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm.
1: and and a quarter feet wide, and two and a quarter feet high. Overlay it inside and outside with pure gold, and put a molding of gold all around it. Cast four rings of gold for it, and attach them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Make poles from acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. Fit the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. These carrying poles must never be taken from the rings. They are to be left there permanently. When the Ark is finished, place inside it the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant which I will give to you. Then make the Ark's cover, the place of atonement, out of pure gold. It must be three and three quarter feet long and two and a quarter feet wide. Then use hammered gold to make two cherubim and place them at the two ends of the atonement cover. Attach the cherubim to each end of the atonement cover, making it all one piece. The cherubim will face each other, looking down on the atonement cover with their wings spread out above it. Place inside the ark the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, which I will give to you. Then put the atonement cover on top of the ark. I will meet with you there, and talk to you. From above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hover over the Ark of the Covenant. From there I will give you my commands for the people of Israel.
0: Amen. So I wanted you guys to just get a little sneak preview of, of that because I want to I want to pull out a few things, okay? God is holy, God is a God of order, amen. And we know that this was the Old Testament. We talked about the Old Testament being a foreshadowing of that of the new. Now, that was some pretty fancy stuff there, right? Gold and all that. Think about this. For the believer now, the presence of God dwells in us. See, I wanted you to see that and see, wow, look at that gold and this and that and, and crafted a certain way. Your are fashioned even better than that. And God chooses when we call on his, his son, right? He says, "You know what? I will come and dwell with you, in the mighty name of Jesus." That's what's so awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna need that light, especially with these eyeballs. <laughs> that sounds good. But, but see, sometimes it's good to get a little picture of what God's doing, isn't it? It's good to see what's happening and how God's been moving. So I tell you what, let's go on and move on here. And, and that's just another thing here. He had it special how they were gonna move out, how we were gonna, fo- how they were gonna follow that. And and God would lead the way. But see, when I talk about this powerful truth about the Holy Spirit living in us, the same Holy Spirit that that, that raised Jesus from the dead, right? That's the power that we have. I always talk about the power of the believer, the authority that we have. I want you guys to get a hold of that today, right? So that's only made possible through the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And when we call on his name, when we ask the Lord to come into our life, forgive us of our sin, he says, you know what? I will send my spirit to lead God and direct you and dwell in you. So that's what I wanted to hit on that thing. I want to go ahead and move and read a little bit. You guys, Tim's going to get it up here for me, and we're going to read a little bit. And the best way for me to go through this, I think, we're going to go ahead and read um, about three slides, and then I want to go back and kind of pull some things out that the Lord showed me, okay? So right, guys, read along with me, and we're going to jump on in here, okay? Joshua chapter 3, if you got your Bibles, I always encourage you to bring that. If you don't, we try to do our best to get it up on the screen, all right? It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped there before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your position and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure that you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, Purify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning Joshua said to the priests, Lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. Okay. Verse 7 says, The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you. Just as I was with Moses, give these commands to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps in the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hebites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Amrites, and the Jebusites ahead of you. Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. Got one more I want to hit you with, okay? So the people left their camp to go across the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan River overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water of the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam. We call it Adam, they call it down, which is near Zer- Zerathim. And the water below this point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the river bed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry land. Amen. Now, Tim, if you can reel me back to the first one, I want to pull out a few things here. And this is just an appetizer to where we're going. But that's such a rich scripture there. I want to get in here and and kind of pull a few things apart. And you see where I got some of the, the, the yellow there. I'm going to kind of jump in from there. And it says, When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. See, this is what was going on. The Lord was setting the stage, He was setting the pace. They were following the presence of God. See, in our life, we need to be following the presence of God. That's what I'm looking at here. We move on. He says, In verse five, or yes, five, I believe. And it says, then Joshua told the people, purify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. God wants us to remain pure and focused on him. See, sin can creep in very, very easy. I always say this, sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum, but sometimes it's just a drop at a time and we don't realize, man, how did I get here from there? It's from just compromising one thing, one thing, another thing. And then we are up to our neck in sin. Amen. Amen. We come on in. It says, in the morning, Joshua said to the priest, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. See, this is what God showed me last night when I was going back through. When we lift up God, when we praise the Lord, when we worship him and respect him and give him honor, guess what? We can be sure that we're going to cross and make it to the other side. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. Because they were lifting the Lord up. You got me, Tim? Thank you, buddy. We go on here and it says, they will know. He talks to Joshua and he says, today I will be again. I didn't even see that till last night. To make you a great leader in the eyes of all Israel or Israelites. You know, God was beginning to make him a great leader. See, it takes time to be a great leader, doesn't it? You just don't wake up and say, I'm going to be a great leader. Now, you can start with that in your heart, but what happens is God continues to mold you, and then we have tests in our life to see if we're sticking to the stuff, amen? I thought that was really amazing. He said, today I will begin to make you a great leader. And I thought that's pretty neat because he already went in to cross the, the promised land. And he says, man, we could do it. He stuck with them for 40 years while everything else was going down. And now he says, today I'm going to start to make you a great leader. See, we're a work in progress, right? That's awesome, awesome stuff. Let's take a look at this. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord, your God says. I want to tell you this, when God gives you a message, speak it out. God's placed something in your heart to share with somebody. Speak it out, speak it out, amen? And he is able to bring forth the results. See, a lot of times we don't know, man, I don't know how this is going to play out. Just trust him. Don't worry about figuring all the things out. Do what he said a step at a time and lead the results to God, amen? right today you will know that the living God is among you man I tell you on Tuesday nights we've been studying a lot and seeing a lot of places uh, uh, in Israel and there was a lot of uh, uh, stone and a lot of uh, stubble and people were worshiping idols we serve the living God that's what I wanted to pull out we serve a living God not something a totem pole they got to prop up with a couple of two by fours but a living God because he rose on the third day amen that's the one we're following Come on down here. He said, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the river. See, God is God over everything. Everything. And we're going to see more of that as we unpack this, okay? He said, the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the the flow of the water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. This is what the Lord showed me. He said, you know what? When you stand up for me in faith, I will be your wall of protection. Isn't that something? When we stand up for what we believe, when we stand up for what's right, and let me tell you guys, now is the time for us to stand up because, man, they keep pulling God out of school and God out of this and God out of that. We need to be diligently pursuing God and standing up and standing in the gap, amen? Amen. And I'm going to tell you right now, he will be our protection, amen? Amen. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I, I, I couldn't leave this out. I had to keep cutting through here. Good deal. So we come on down to about 15. He says, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Now I want you guys to check this out. When I studied this out, it said the harvest season was the time when the water was the highest. Some Bible scholars said it was 50 times higher than normal. Now I'm going to get to why that's so cool, right? He comes on down here and he says, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water began backing up. See, this is amazing. See, God does things when you know who did it, it's only God, if that made sense. When we get in a situation, you come through to the other side, you can't say, man, good thing them guys were tall. You can't say, good thing, man, I had my water wings on. You better say, good thing God was there. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. So we look at that 50 times more, and they said it was like the rapids. Can you imagine? And also a red, they said, man, when you step off, it's not like just, well, let me just get my toe in. When you step off, you were committed. See, that's what we need to do by faith. When we step out, we need to be committed and just keep on pushing in. And God will be our wall of protection. Amen? So let's keep on rolling with this. As soon as, I like that. As soon as they stepped out, guess what? God did what he said. See, sometimes in our life, God's waiting for us as soon as we trust and obey. You see? To, to get us through, to stop that thing or take that thing and shift it. But what we need to do is step out in faith. I love that when he says that. See, sometimes he's waiting on us to connect to what he said by faith, amen? Then all the people, you know, I always say this. I love when God says all, all the promises, all the people, man, because that's us, right? And he says, in this case here, he says, and all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. I read in the commentaries and look. They said two million people. Two million people. They never even got a hangnail, man. That's God working going through there. And I know just my little bit of being around here, man, you can step on something, slip, fall, whatever like that. God dried it up so they could come on through. Two million people. All. Nobody left behind. God's got a plan. Amen? And I love this last thing I want to share with you guys here. And it says, Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the covenant. Lord's covenant, stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. And again, it says, they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now, you might be here today and you say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. And that's true. But I want to tell you, you might say, man, I feel like I am in the mud and the water's coming in. But what I want to hopefully show you today is about crossing into God's promises, man. Just trust him a step at a time. Just trust Him a step at a time. But you know what? Just like we said, we feel like we're in the mud. We might even feel like we're in quicksand with what's going on in our life. But God wants to put you on dry ground. Amen? That's what I want you to hear today. So, let's keep on rolling, and we're going to jump on here. i kind of start going back through there and dissecting what what was going on with Joshua. And I said, man, Lord, if we would look at our situation like that, surely you would bring us through the other side. Amen? The first thing I start thinking about, how did they respond to the challenge? And this is something I've just hit on. We all have a Jordan River to cross at some point in life. And what I mean by that, we all have obstacles to overcome. Our life. Everybody, at some time, is going to have to go across the grain, man. Somebody's going to have to go across that river. But I want to tell you what. thats what we do. How do we respond to the challenge? Now, if we look at the model of Joshua, what did he do? He stepped up to the plate and demonstrated his faith when God called him to lead the people out. That's how he did it. Now, what about the Israelites? They were committed. The, the obedience of, of what God had told them. And guess what? They possessed their promised land. If you're committed to what God's called you to, God will call you through it and you will see the blessing on the other end. Amen? Here's something else. We must rely on God for victory. You remember I was talking when they were cutting through? There was no question about how they got through to the other side. It was amazing because God did the work. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have a part to play. Remember, I said that we've got work to do. You know what? The work may be looking in the mirror and reading our Bible. The work may be asking somebody to come with you to church. The work may be, you know what? Getting before God and said, you know what? I need to purify myself. Lord, today I stepped over the bound, But you know what? Your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy will pull me back in. I want you to hear that. God will take you right where you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. Amen? He loves you too much to leave you there. That's why he sent Jesus to rescue us. Amen? That's a good word. So take a look at this. Do we seek His guidance when the tides of life rise, or grow weary of paddling in our own strength? I was talking to my buddy Dave back there, and he said, "Man, come over to the house. We got a paddle boat. You can come over there any time." Now Jesse thinks that's cool because Jesse ain't the one paddling. My 12-year-old, and when we've gone up around uh, what is it, Fort Eustis up there, and we get on there, Denise thinks that's cool too because she ain't the one paddling. She's taking pictures. My tongue is hanging out to here, man. And they go, hey, let's go over there. The people are this big, man. I'm going, I, this is great right here. I'm kind of staying close to the side. Well, you know what? Sometimes when the tides of life come in, we try to do it all ourselves, And we get out there and we're flailing around and everything else. We won't take help. We won't take input. And usually the last person we call on is God. Today, I hope, by looking at what, what we see that was the, the format that they used all right? I don't even like saying poor man. But look how they the relationship they put into place and they walked in that relationship. They were seeking the Lord. They were following the Lord's presence, amen? That's what I love right there. It seems that God always does things in such a way that no man can boast of having done them on their own. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. When God really delivers you out of something, they go, well, man, how would you do it? You go, "Uh, God did it. You know, when you owe this much for you all on the internet, I'm stretching my hands out, and you got this much, and it gets paid. Give, it, give it the Lord glory. When you're under the weather and the doctor gives you a bad report, and we keep praying and we see God raise up and touch you with a healing hand, give God the good report. Give Him the praise. Amen. Now, you know, think about that. When God does this, nobody can boast about it. I thought about the scripture. We talk about this most every week. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Now, we hear a lot about the 8th verse, but I want you to listen to the ninth verse, right? It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourself, it is a gift of God. Total work of God, right? Listen to what I say. Not of works least anyone should boast. You can't get to heaven by being a good guy. You can't get to heaven by showing up here every week. You can't get to heaven by putting money in the pot. It's only through the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, and identifying with that by faith. Calling on the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's by grace, his grace. We don't deserve it. His grace coming towards us, right? And said, I love you so much that I paid a price that you couldn't pay. But if you trust me, I will take you in. And my spirit will come into your life and lead, guide, and direct you. And I will seal you, and you will be with me forever. Amen? That's what I'm talking about there. So what challenge in your life today are we going against? What is it? Everybody has a challenge. Think about that thing that is a challenge in your life today. And I want to look at three keys to help us come out victorious, all right? So everybody got their paperwork? We're going to cross into God's promises, all right? First thing we see, they were to watch. They were to watch when they brought the Ark of Covenant out for the presence of God, right? The Ark of the Covenant is mentioned. I thought this was really cool. Seven times in chapter 3. Now, if we're in the Word, we know that God always refers to seven as perfect in perfection, right? Isn't it kind of amazing that God's perfection was mentioned seven times in there? That's just a sidebar. I just thought that was kind of neat. But then it goes on to say, I want you to remember this was a special piece, the tabernacle, the ark was the the special piece of furniture in the tabernacle that symbolized the presence and power of God. My question is this, now that the Holy Spirit dwells in us as blood-bought believers, do our lives symbolize the presence of God and the presence of the Almighty Spirit working through us and in us? Think about that. We are the temple of God. Isn't that something? We just saw how he set it up in the very beginning through the Ark and the Covenant and how perfect it was. How much more is your life worth? How is God working in your life? Even with the scratches and the bruises and the this and the that, God sees the finished product, man. God sees the finished product. He says, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. I want you guys to think about that. When you wake up in the morning, look at him and say, God said I'm worth it. Such a stage for you, Dave, for that, amen? So there's some valuable spiritual lessons I want to pass on here. And it says, when the ark was in the holies of holy, the glory of God rested upon it, and it was the dwelling place of God. To Israel, it represented God's presence in the midst of his people. Do you represent God's presence in the midst of the people of Bucosan, in the midst of the people on your workplace, in your job? Are we carrying God with us everywhere we go? Everywhere we go, are we reflecting, are we being a mirror of Christ in the community, in our family, and to abroad, all right? I want us to look at that. But I also want us to take a look at this. It says, in other words, when God moved, they were to move. When God stopped, they were to do the same. They were moving in tune with God, in harmony with God. See, that's what we want to do as the church. Not just here as the church. We want to be in tune to what God's got going and then move in his direction and represent him well. All right. So here's a good fact for us. All right. God loves you. You guys got that? God loves you. So I hear that all the time. I want you to drink that in. God loves you. And here's the thing. He wants to speak to you. He wants to tell you the route to go. And if we watch him, he will teach you how to live day by day. He will teach us how to live day by day. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you some scripture. You guys will write this in. Jesus speaking in John 5, 19 and 20. The son son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Are people amazed what God's doing in your life? Think about it. It should be because God's working all the time. I know, I know in my life, it's not perfect, but the one who is, is working in my life is, and he takes me each day, and he's refining things in my life. He wants to do the same with each and every one of us. Here's the thing. Will I listen? Will I follow? Will I watch God and then make the adjustments in my life that he's speaking into my heart? That's the thing. So we want to know here. What I want to get across here is watch for God. Let God set the stage and watch the hand of God move. As we pray, and we're praying about a situation, just like when we were praying about moving from the old building here. This didn't happen just like this, and some things will God do. But are you watching so when God does it, it's time to move? Just like he told Joshua, it's time to go to your promised land. Now let's just take a look at this here. For many of you guys, the first time you have been here, we started out probably almost two years ago, and we started out doing church once a month, every other week, three times a month, and we do it all the time. And we're in another building on Odd Road. And uh, we wanted to do some more time in there to try to to utilize it a little bit more fully and it wasn't really available. We're like, what are we gonna do? And we start praying and we start looking. We looked at the schools. We looked at places all over the place. And you know, we're looking at the budget and we're looking at this and we're going, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord led us here. And when we first came here, a lot of you guys have been here uh, in the past, they really hadn't done a whole lot, right? It was a nice place, but it needed a lot of TLC. We've been in here since October 31st. The Lord has worked through people to side this place, to paint this place, to put new floors in, to put these little cool whatever you call these things up here. What are they <laughs> called? They're cool, though, right? Like, like bumper guards. I know that's not it. I'm a guy. I don't know. Really. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah. That's a fancy word for bumper guard. <laughs> But nevertheless, what I want you to see here is I want to acknowledge God in that. I want to acknowledge God in that. Because you know what? And he's still doing things. He's still still getting the kitchen done. Isn't that something? He's still working in the midst of everything. So my question here, are we acknowledging the blessings of the Lord each day in our situation? I want to acknowledge God in what he's doing here. I want to acknowledge God in my life. I want to keep a watch on the hand of God and the move of God so I can be tuned with God. I want to be walking with God. Amen. So now let's move on to the next one. Everybody doing good, right? Amen. There's a couple of things I wanted to look in here. I put on my notes here. I said, for watching God, keep your eyes of faith on God. Watch expectantly and see where the Lord is leading and follow. And lastly, I put ask God for 2020 vision in the spiritual. A lot of times I go, Lord, I I don't see what you're doing. Lord, help me to see where we're going. Lord, help me. Give me spiritual 2020 to understand where we're going. And you know what? God will do that and lead God, direct us. Now, we want to talk about following God. All right. And that sounds real easy, isn't it? Well, let's see how it works out here. Going back to the scripture. And it says, when they saw the Ark of the Covenant move, they were to leave your place and go after it. See, there's times in our life when we're pursuing something, it takes a little effort, doesn't it? Normally what we want, we want God to bring it to us with a bow on it, right? But just like we said, it cost them something, didn't it? They? They, they had to go across the land. They had to do it in God's way, right? Let's take a look. We need to pursue God. But also, look at this. For the believer, it isn't enough to know what God is doing. There comes a time when you must leave your place and go after him. See, I think it's a blessing that you guys chose that. All the places to go today, you came here. So we want to make it worth your while, right? We want to encourage you in the Lord. There's a time that we need to get off the couch and come to church, like as much as we can, right? That's what I want to tell us here. Now, when we look back here, we see sometimes we got to leave that comfort zone, all right? Following God will cause you to leave your comfort zone, all right? I love this. When I start looking back through scripture, you'll see that when people's faith was activated and they followed God, not just some ho-hum commitment, but guess what happened? You'll see when they put their feet of faith to work, the miracles found them. I thought about this. You remember the woman in the Bible with the, the issue of blood? She had exhausted all her money, everything else, trying to get well. And she heard about Jesus. And she says, if I could just get a hold of his robe, I believe that God would heal me. And you know how the story goes. He's cutting through town and there's people pressing in on him and all over, you know, it's just trying to get through. And the lady reaches out and touches his garment. Boom, immediately she's healed. But you know what's really cool about that? Jesus says, hey, who touched me? And, and the disciples are just like, what are you talking about? You know, all these people, I don't know who touched you. He says, no, I felt the healing power come out of me. See, what happened was her faith took a demand and a draw on that healing power and brought it into reality. I want to tell you today that that's what we need to do. By faith, take a hold of that and grab out to, to the word of the Lord, to Jesus by faith, and pull that back in and watch God do the miraculous in your life. Amen? And he's going to do it in a way that nobody ever thought. That's what's happened in my life. You may choose to do it different than yours. It's not some carbon copy thing like that. Moses got a burning bush. I got woke up at 1.20 at night. You know, you might get something different. But you know what? Here it is. It's nonetheless important. He's going to talk to you just like he needs to talk to you. Sometimes I go, God, when I'm praying, I go, you know, I need a big billboard. You know, and I'm driving it and you'll see that. No matter what, trust God. I said, man, that was fast, Lord. You know, you guys see them stickers up there? That's a good reminder, isn't it? And that just a good re- excuse me, reminder that God is always there, always looking For our best interest. Amen? Take a look at this. It's not always easy, but it is what's best. And what I was talking about there, stepping out of our comfort zone. That's what I'm talking about. We have to engage. We have to engage that. And just like I was saying, that lady engaged her faith and put a draw on the blessing of God. And she received it. And what do you think about that? When we do that, this is what I love. Our faith in God, y'all listening? honors God. Your faith in God honors God and it blesses him when we trust him. Did you know that? When, when your kids, when, you know, for, for parents, when, when your when kids and you say, hey, I'll do that tomorrow, right? And they say, okay, or we'll, go, we'll go to the baseball game tomorrow, for example. And you hear them get on the phone. My dad said we're going to the game tomorrow. And their are It's done. That's it, right? I love that because you know what I feel like? If I have to crawl to the baseball game tomorrow, I'm going to take him because I gave him my word. See, what happens nowadays, a word doesn't mean that much. But you know what? The word of God never comes back void. He never changes. So if you want to get a hold of something, get a hold of the word of God. Amen. Remember this. I want to say it again. Our faith in God honors God. It blesses him when we trust him. The question is, how do you honor God? How do we honor God? Let's take a look at this. If you ever expect to get past your obstacles and enter your promised land, you must learn to follow God. We need to be listening. We need to be ready. and We need to be ready to move when God says move. And you know what? I'm not talking about picking up your house and going across town. And that may be it. It may be opening your door and asking your your neighbor across the street if they need a hand. It may be next time you're visiting somebody at the hospital did you just go across and talk to the little old lady in room 304 or whatever. And just say, how you doing? Can I pray with you? You'll be surprised how God will use you. I say today, my prayer says, God, use me. God, use me. However, you want to use me, use me, because I'm your instrument. And then I pray that I hear him and that I listen and that I'm following him in the footsteps. And he's gonna do, he's gonna do what he does. He's gonna set that divine appointment up. I just wanna have the eyes of Christ to see the situation like he does. Amen. Amen. Very good. Now let's talk about honoring God. How do we honor God? And I thought this is a really, really important thing. And so often we see that this doesn't even exist. There must always be a holy reverence of the Lord in our hearts. Do we really, really honor God in our hearts? And I want to say this God's not your fishing buddy, He's God, Lord, God Almighty. Amen. And we can have an intimate relationship. But you know what? We need to come to him for who he is, right? What I mean by that, honor God. Put God first in what we're doing. Usually we just tack him in on the end. Do we really seek the Lord first when we start our day? Now, I'll tell you what, I'll probably get cranked up on this. What time is it? I could preach on this all day long. I thought about this. If we put God first, right? I'm going to hit one more thing here. God's work done God's way will bring honor and blessing. Let's do it God's way. But I want to say something here. I was thinking about this and I thought about some of the miracles in the Bible. I thought about some of the miraculous things that I've seen in my life that God has allowed us to to, to see and be a part of. And I, I really thought about this right here. If we really understood what God has done for us, this place could not contain the people. Think about what I said. Really, if we really believe that, and others believe that, man, they would be in there, they would be pressing up against this wall. Man, what did he say about Jesus? You know, you saw it in the Bible. Check this out. Y'all remember the story. It's in Mark chapter 2. I love this. I love this. Paralyzed guy had four good friends, amen? Four good friends. Jesus in the house, right? Boom, pressing in. They said, man, if we can get my buddy close enough to Jesus, if we can get in the presence of God, they will heal my friend. They get up there. Can't get in. Did they go home? No. Got on the roof, baby. Got on the roof. Started pulling the roof apart and lowered their body down into the presence of God. And God said, I'm going to heal you. Your sins are forgiven. You are whole. Man, everybody needs four good friends like that. Amen? One, two, three, four. I got a bunch of them in here. That's good. But you know what? Do we stand in the gap? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? We got the door open, giving free pizza, everything else, kind to divert stuff through the front yard and you get three people. You know, but I'm telling you, if we really got a hold of what God's done and what he wants to do in your life, in the place. Listen to what I said. I'm not talking about packing the place to say, yeah, we've got a lot of people. I'm talking about people joining in in the truth of God's word, getting bit boy with that thing and the grace of God flowing out and transforming lives. Man, we're going to have to stand up. We're going to have to make a difference. And you know what? It starts with me and you. It starts with me and you. And you say, well, what can I do? Man, let me tell you, what difference can one person make? You think about just one person in your life that's made a big difference. There's probably been several. But God strategically and divinely puts these people in our life at the right time. You ever notice that? You ever notice that? Somebody just have a word in due season. Wow. You're ready to just say, I am done. I am just done, whatever that situation is. And and you know what's kind of cool? A lot of times it comes from the person that you don't even think it's going to come from. Because God will work through them, too. See, we always say, well, you know, I think uh, Pastor Joe Blow over there might have a word for me. And he very well might. But you know what? God's always got a word for you in his word. Amen? So you can start right there. And if God chooses to bring somebody else in to share some more encouragement, line it up with the word. If it don't line it up, what would we say, Grandmama? It's got to go. All right? So that's what I want to tell you right there. Take a look at this. Still talking about honoring God. Honoring God means more than just being excited about him. I'm excited, but I want to honor him, right? It means to bring him glory and honor through everything we say and do. Doing everything for the glory of God. Glorifying God with our lives, words, thoughts, actions, time, talent. Uh Uh-oh, now everybody's going to get quiet in the giving. Man, shut it right down. I want you to hear all this and everything we do. Because if we really realize that God's the one that got you up today, that God gave you breath today, right? Then, you know, it's all his. So why not honor him with what he's done and what he's given and what he's doing to further the kingdom? That's why we're here. That's why we're here, to further the kingdom. God wants to use you, and he wants you to glorify him with your life. He wants you to glorify him with your words. Your thoughts, keep your things, your your mind focused on the things of God. Renew your mind. We need to renew our mind. There's so much coming on the TV and the internet. We're getting all this. How much of it is good? And even if it's good, how much of it is God? I want to encourage you to dig in to what God has, amen? Now here's something else. Appreciating who God is. Valuing God far above everything else. Man, when I wrote that down this week, that has just hit me over and over. Am I valuing God far above anything else in my life? Now, first off, you might say, well, I value my kids and my wife and my husband. And and that's great. But who gave them to you? The Lord. God needs to be first. And he says, if you seek him first, he'll take care of the rest. That doesn't mean it's always going to come in the package that you think, at the time you think, or the way you think. But they got over to the promised land, didn't they? I'm going to tie it back in there. They didn't say, you know what? We're going to make 700 boats and get over there by noon tomorrow. That wasn't it. Follow God. God set the pace. And God did it in his way. And you know what he did? Um, after that, in the next chapter, it talks about it. He says, I want you to take 12 men and take 12 stones and build an altar. And what he wanted to do was this. He wanted them to be able to reflect back on what he did. So when they passed by and and, and the kids say, well, what's that all about granddaddy? He said, let me tell you how God brought us through over here, son. See, that's why your testimony is so important. When things are going on, when they say, grandmama, what about this? Oh, let me tell you what God did for us. Let me tell you what God did for us. And it doesn't just have to be the older generation, right? The more mature generation. But we need to mature in the Lord so that we are valuing God far more than anything else because I'm going to tell you what, I've been doing some other research and looking at this. Back in about 1962, 1963, they start pulling God out of all the textbooks and stuff at at school. Prior to that, maybe we'll we'll talk about that sometime. Let me tell you, they called it a primer or a primer, like, you know, like the dog next door, the reading book. That's what it was when I was little. And, And for each one of those A, B, C, guess what? It was a Bible verse. It was a Bible verse. Now, I was born in 65, so I didn't see that. So my generation... Didn't know about that, right? Look how, now now my kids, they're thinking, oh man, can we pray, can we not pray? I say, you better pray, right? I just wanted to bring that up. How much does that, just, just in one generation, right? I might have shared this, and might not, but I asked Jesse, said it was cool to share it. And, and I'm gonna tell you how, how much it makes a difference. My generation. Got a son, 20, got one, 12 just At school, and the teacher asked him the situation. And he was talking, and he, he tied it into the Bible. And I, and I think he was talking about maybe Moses or whatever, talking about that. And, and she says, Yeah, that's just like in the Bible. And it was somebody in the back of the class that said, What's the Bible? Wow. What's the Bible? That's scary. I said, Just she said, Didn't have a clue, Dad. You know what? See how it just slips in a little at a time, a little at a time, a little at a time. And now we've got kids that don't even know what the Bible is. That's scary. So you know what? Are we honoring God? Do we appreciate who God is in our life? And here again, are we valuing God far more above anything else? Because if we are, we wouldn't stand there. Right? We'd say, oh, no, 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 you're not taking them out. We're stepping in. So today, moms, dads, parents, aunts, uncles, guys next door, little sisters, staying in the gap. All right? We all need those friends like the guy had that got brought in through the roof, right? There might be a situation that you're in and you need a good friend. I pray that your friends and family here can come alongside and encourage you when you're going through a tough time. But ultimately this, the relationship of all relationships is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it starts, amen? That's where it starts. So I want to bring this thing home, guys. got a few things I want to talk to you about here. And then we're going to praise the Lord. Everybody doing good so far, right? When we're following God, I'm going to pull this up. We need to be committed. Pursue the heart of God. When we're honoring God, it means loving God more than anything else. Loving God more than anything else. Knowing that it all comes from Him, do we show more love. So as we go back to this, I want to hit a few points here. So what's it going to take to reach your promised land? What is it going to take to reach your prom, prom, promised land? I know the problems continue to come up. But that's the challenge. How will you respond? Will we respond in faith? Or we respond out of fear? Today I want to encourage you to respond in faith. Are you keeping your eyes on Christ daily in life? Or are we wandering in a desert of doubt? Are we really realizing who God is? We see what he did with the people there. We see all through the Bible what he's done. and He wants to do even greater things for us today because he says you're worth it. Amen. Do we follow God a step at a time, a day at a time, letting him be the pace setter? Do you honor God with your choices that you make each day? You say, man, buddy, you just just banging my toes today. It's something else. I want you to hear what I'm saying right now. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. And you know what? Today is the day we could cross that river into God's promises. Get their arms in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. I'm going to praise for you, Father, I thank you for today to show us your greatness, your promises, Lord, and how you brought those loving people, the Israelites, your chosen people, out of the desert into the promised land. And Father, there's no doubt that the folks in here feel like, man, how will I ever get across to my promised land? And I want them to know that it has been made a way in his name is Jesus Christ. He says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, to get that start, to follow after Christ, I want you to just look up here right now. And I want to pray for you. Because you know what? Today is your day. And God is the one who made it possible. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That verse we had up there earlier, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, not that of yourself, so, but it is a gift of God so that no one can boast. It's His work. Will you latch on to that by faith today? If that's your prayer, don't leave here today without saying, you know what, right, buddy? I prayed that prayer with you today because I want to come alongside you and encourage you. What that really means is this, that all of sin and fall short of glory, God. And you'll go a lot of places and you'll never hear this word. You know what? If you die without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is hell to pay. God is a just God. And there's only one way to be bought out of that sin debt. And it's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's already been purchased. You might even look at it this way. The check's already written with your name on it. All you need to do is claim it by faith. So today, my friend, claim it by faith. Ask the Lord to come into your life. And forgive you of your sin. And today, we can know by the power of God's word that that's the truth, that we are sealed and we have eternal life with him. If you're here today and you say, man, you know, I know that, buddy, and I just haven't been walking where I should. Um, You know what? Let's get back in the game. Let's get back today and, and realize that God says there's no problem with starting over. He says sometimes you just need to leave it behind. You just need to leave it all behind. So today... If that's your prayer, I want to pray with us and just end up on that note right there. Father, today, some of us just feel like we just need to leave it far behind and come to you. I pray each one here today, here's the word, Lord, and you make it so much more. You draw them close. Lord, you just lavish your love and your forgiveness on them. And today is the day that we just come closer to you through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen.